Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we'll be reading Mark chapter 5, verses 18 to 20, and then through J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on Mark. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Mark chapter 5, verses 18 to 20. As he was getting into the boat, The man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. This is the word of the Lord. The afterconduct of those whom our Lord Jesus Christ healed and cured while on earth is a thing which is not often related in the Gospels. The story often describes the miraculous cure and then leaves the after-story of the person cured in obscurity and passes on to other things. But there are some deeply interesting cases in which the after-conduct of persons cured is described. And the man from whom the devil was cast out in the country of the Gadarenes is one. The verses before us tell the story. Few as they are, they are full of precious instruction. We learn from these verses that the Lord Jesus knows better than his people what is the right position for them to be in. We are told that when our Lord was on the point of leaving the country of the Gadarenes, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. We can well understand that request. He felt grateful for the blessed change that had taken place in him. He felt full love toward his deliverer. He thought he could not do better than follow our Lord and go with him as his companion and disciple. He was ready to give up home and country and go after Christ. And yet, strange as it appears at first sight, the request was refused. Jesus did not let him. Our Lord had other work for him to do. Our Lord saw better than he did in what way he would glorify God most. Go home to your friends, he says and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. There are lessons of profound wisdom in these words. The place that Christians wish to be in is not always the place which is best for their souls. The position that they would choose if they would have their own way is not always that which Christ would have them occupy. There are none who need this lesson so much as believers newly converted to God. Such people are often very poor judges of what is really for their good. Full of the new views which they have been graciously taught, excited with the novelty of their present position, seeing everything around them in a new light, knowing little yet of the depths of Satan and the weakness of their own hearts, knowing only that a little time ago they were blind and now, through mercy, they see, Of all people, they are in the greatest danger of making mistakes. With the best intentions, they are apt to fall into mistakes about their plans in life, their choices, their moves, their professions. They forget that what we like best is not always best for our souls, and that the seed of grace needs winter as well as summer, cold as well as heat, to ripen it for glory. Let us pray that God would guide us in all our ways after conversion and not allow us to err in our choices or to make hasty decisions. That place and position is most healthy for us in which we are kept most humble, 
most taught of our own sinfulness, drawn most to the Bible and prayer, led most to live by faith and not by sight. It may not be quite what we like, but if Christ by his providence has placed us in it, let us not be in a hurry to leave it. Let us therein abide with God. The great thing is to have no will of our own and to be where Jesus would have us be. We learn from another thing from these verses that a believer's own home has the first claims on his attention. We are taught that in the striking words which our Lord addresses to the man who has been possessed by the devil. Go home, he says, to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. The friends of this man had probably not seen him for some years except under the influence of Satan. Most likely he had been as one dead to them, or worse than dead, as a constant cause of trouble, anxiety, and sorrow. Here then was the path of duty. Here was the way by which he could most glorify God. Let him go home and tell his friends what Jesus had done for him. Let him be a living witness before their eyes of the compassion of Christ. Let them deny himself the pleasure of being in Christ's bodily presence in order to do the higher work of being useful to others. How much there is in these simple words of our Lord. What thoughts they ought to stir up in the hearts of all true Christians. Go home and tell your friends. Home is the place, above all others, where the child of God ought to make his first endeavors to do good. Home is the place where he is most continually seen, and where the reality of his grace ought most truly to appear. Home is the place where his best affections ought to be concentrated. Home is the place where he should strive daily to witness for Christ. Home is the place where he was daily doing harm by his example, so long as he served the world. Home is the place where he is specially bound to be a living epistle of Christ, so soon as he has been mercifully taught to serve God. May we all remember these things daily. May it never be said of us that we are saints abroad, but wicked by our own fireside, talkers about religion abroad, but worldly and ungodly at home. But after all, have we anything to tell others? Can we testify to any work of grace in our hearts? Have we experienced any deliverance from the power of the world, the flesh, the devil? Have we ever tasted the graciousness of Christ? These are indeed serious questions. If we have never yet been born again and made new creatures, we can of course have nothing to tell. If we have anything to tell others about Christ, let us resolve to tell it. Let us not be silent if we have found peace and rest in the gospel. Let us speak to our relatives and friends and families and neighbors as we have opportunity and tell them what the Lord has done for our souls. All are not called to be ministers. All are not intended to preach. But all can walk in the steps of the man of whom we have been reading and in the steps of Andrew and Philip and the Samaritan woman. John 1, 41. 45 and 429. Happy is he who is not ashamed to say to others, Come and hear what the Lord has done for my soul. Psalm 66, verse 16. That is the end of Ryle's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we've heard today, and may the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for his glory.
In considering what we've just heard, would you prayerfully ask yourself and others the following questions? First, have we humbly prayed for God's guidance and that He would keep us from erring in our choices or from making hasty decisions? Do we seek the humility that comes from the gospel, knowing our sinfulness and our dependence on God by faith? And second, as the Lord has graciously made us new creatures and as the Lord gives opportunity, do we share of that good news with our family and friends, those who know us best?